0: This is CliffCentral.com.
1: Welcome to the Smart Money Podcast, a series of financial tips for different life stages. Get your money right for your life. This podcast is brought to you by Discovery and I am Maya Fisher French and each week we chat to a money expert to find the answers to those pressing financial questions. I always view insurance as part of my emergency fund. It's the safety net for when things go badly wrong. But if you have sufficient capital that you can weather more storms, perhaps, in somebody who's still accumulating wealth, what insurance do you need, if any? And in studio today, we have Grant Curry, Certified Financial Planner. So we've been discussing with Grant uh, issues around estate planning. But one of the key areas in estate planning is actually liquidity. And how important, when when you've got a lot of assets and maybe not a lot of liquidity, how how do you manage that in terms of estate duty, which is going to be payable no matter how you structure your your life? And how does one plan for that?
0: In answering that question, I'd like to take you through the cycle of Insurance and, you know, potential estate planning. So if we just take an individual they're out of uh, university and they start their working career, there's very little need for insurance at that stage. And it's also very difficult to engage with someone when there's not an immediate need. But that is most probably the best time for someone that's young, healthy to take out insurance when it's extremely cheap, but it very seldomly happens. So let's take that 22 or 23-year-old. They've now worked, and a couple of years down the line, let's say they 28 or 30, they've purchased an asset. They've purchased a property, and they've acquired some debt. The need becomes a little bit stronger to say, do we need insurance? Does this debt need to be covered? Let's say this individual still single. You would still have a difficult conversation to try and get them to obviously put some form of insurance in place. A couple of years later, he gets married and they have a family. The circumstances change drastically because now you've got joint incomes coming into a household. You've got children that where needs need to be catered for the next 20 odd years. And the desire or need for insurance becomes real. And only then do people generally wake up and say, we need insurance. If something happens to one of us, hmm. what is going to happen? And generally, that happens 15 to 20 years later than when the insurance should have been put in place.
1: And it's a lot more expensive absolutely. now. Absolutely. You may have got some pre-existing conditions by now, et cetera,
0: et cetera. Yeah. 100%. And we all know the older we get, your body starts to deteriorate and niggles start to pick up. So absolutely, barring the, the cost, 20 years earlier, health is uh, plays a major impact. So let's take this family again. Um, the children now are out of school. It's the husband and wife left, and they've accumulated some very big assets. They're close to retirement. They're comfortable. And that insurance policy starts to shift in terms of its needs. And instead of catering for family protection, the children are now out the house. They've built enough assets. That insurance policy would start catering for estate duty. And I think that's where the flexibility of these policies come into place. As we start from the beginning of the cycle to where we are now, the needs are very different from potentially covering debt to looking after a family and obviously catering for estate duty. But even if we go one step further and a client may say, well, I don't even need the life policy because I've got enough assets in the estate. My estate is 100 million strong and There's enough assets to count, uh, to cover the estate Mm -hmm. duty. One of the biggest shortfalls clients don't factor into account is the cost and the liquidity of having access to cash to settle for either 20 or 25% state estate duty on a big estate and the executive fees, which could be just under 4%.
1: I want to ask you something here, Grant. When are these executive fees and the um, tax payable? So at what point somebody is deceased? Is it like a week you have to pay it in? or What is the mm. time frame?
0: So that's a brilliant question. The estate cannot be wound up until the executive fees are paid and, and SARS has been paid SARS the estate duty.
1: always has to be paid first before anybody else, always first creditor. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's I mean, that's really, really key. I mean, you could be leaving your family for years. And I I was just thinking about as you were speaking about the the property, you know, most assets when we talk about having assets, most people include property in there. So it it could be the the family home. It could be a a holiday home. It could be investment properties. And those are incredibly illiquid. Um, And do you find that that? There have been circumstances where people have had to kind of sell it for next to nothing. They always say, if you want to buy a house, look out for the deceased estate mm. sales. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So, look, I mean, I can share a personal story there. One of my family members uh, left his business and a holiday home to his children. Uh, he had a very strong estate. And in short, he left the business to his son. And unfortunately, his son didn't have the business acumen to actually run the business and, uh, you know, continue with its success and uh, you know that business was uh, eventually sold but what he also did was he left a lovely home in camps bay to his children and what people don't firstly that property was paid off so there wasn't any owing on that property but what people generally don't take into account is the ongoing expenses that you need to look out for when you own an, an asset of that nature. If you look at tax rates, um, levies, you're looking at about 15 to 20,000 Rand a month just to mm. cater for that property in terms of maintenance. So generally, uh, the normal person out there um, you know, doesn't have 15 or 20,000 excess cash flow on a monthly basis. And if you're not able to cover those costs, there's going to become a problem with that asset. And not only that, if there's not liquid cash flow in the estate, what the executor has to do. Is follow the money trail, those assets were left to the children, and those children will be liable for the estate duty. And if they don't have that four or five million cash to pay the estate duty, they will have to be or they will be forced to sell that property. And who knows, maybe the market's not right to sell the property, that potentially could put it on a fire sale and lose a lot of money in the mm. interim. So, you know, generally people don't think of the consequences. They always say, oh, I've got enough assets. Off. Mm. I'm asset strong. I'm asset rich, but it's got to boil down to liquidity. You know,
1: I think we, we seem to be either income rich and asset poor or asset rich and income poor. But I think to me that what really resonated there was the idea again of advice of sitting down and saying, I want to leave this 20 million rand family home to my family. And somebody sitting there saying, hold on a sec, do you know how much it costs to keep going? And all of those more rational mm-hmm. things um, because I think when we put things in our world, we get a little bit sentimental. We have this picture in our minds that the great-grandchildren were playing in that holiday home, but mm-hmm. you actually don't think about the reality of, of that gifting, and that gift is sometimes a Trojan horse.
0: Absolutely, and I think it's conversations people have to have. Mm. As families, It's not just you've built up these assets and people are there to enjoy it. You've got to have these conversations and sometimes they're hard conversations. Sometimes you've got to sit down and you've got to realize that your children may not have That acumen of running the business or looking after those assets or being in the position Mm. to look after those assets or may not even want or use those assets. Mm. So very important to sit and have those family discussions. And I believe if you do that, you know, things can obviously become a lot simpler down the lines in terms of how you plan your estate.
1: So now we've been speaking about the importance of insurance for liquidity for estate duty but are there other insurances that somebody who's asset rich should have in place or or can they largely self-insure you know you're thinking so when we talk about insurance we say you know especially when you're accumulating you still got all these paychecks ahead of you you've got to insure those but what about somebody who's got the assets already
0: so absolutely and one thing i've learned about people is people always want more if they've got a lot of assets and they're generating growth on those assets and they're earning an income They want to keep generating growth on their assets and they want to keep earning their income. So if someone suffers a disability or a severe illness, potentially their income could be um, seized or stopped and they could start drawing down on their assets. So they may have enough assets which could generate um, strong income. But at the end of the day, they're taking that growth away from those Mm. assets. And a lot of people, when you have those one-on-one conversations with them, they want to try and avoid that. Mm. They want to try and keep their growth assets to continue growing Mm. and obviously leave a legacy. So those insurances are very important. And those insurances boil down to disability cover and severe illness cover. And they are vital in everyone's portfolio. The beauty of those insurances is that they pay out on diagnosis. So at the end of the day, if you suffer a severe illness and uh, the underwriters are happy with the uh, conclusions, they pay out on diagnosis and the full amounts generally paid out. You
1: know, I was thinking back to the liquidity story. So, yes, you may have assets, but now you're in hospital, you may have some extensive care that needs to happen. You're going to have to start selling assets, not even perhaps the growth, you know, and and selling some of those assets to really fund perhaps changes to your lifestyle, to your home, modifications, Um, again, whereas – an insurance policy can pay out immediately, give you the liquidity and you can continue as much as you, you can in terms of your finances.
0: Absolutely. And I think people don't think about and they don't anticipate the changes in lifestyle mm. that could impact them if they suffer one of those events.
1: Well, that's fantastic. And Grant, thank you. You've given us so much food for thought today. Please join us for more of these conversations on smart money brought to you by Discovery. Get your money right for your life.